So that to me makes a lot more sense, but I've definitely seen an uptick of companies kind of looking at it. And even at one call with the one the other day, it's like, we don't know where to start. And, you know, how do we train our mentors? I know where I'm sending them now. Um, but I was like, you know, it, it's not actually that difficult to do. You know, it can go terribly wrong. And again, it goes around to the structure and things like that. And people not actually knowing what they're supposed to be doing or what a good mentoring relationship is supposed to look like. Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast hosted by Andy Lapata, the show where Andy and his guests explore the many ways in which relationships impact business decisions, make leaders' jobs easier, and help you to progress your career. Welcome to Connected Leadership Podcast Gold. I'm Andy Lapata. Thank you very much for joining me and a happy new year. 2023 sees a new project for me to be working on as I explained along with Ruth Gotian in our special Connected Leadership podcast just before Christmas and we're going to be writing the Financial Times Guide for, to Mentoring. So as part of our Connected Leadership Gold series over the Christmas period uh, I thought I would go back to the spring of 2020 when I talked to Vanessa Vallely of We Are The City, uh, a very a uh, prolific mentor of women in London and beyond and a great supporter of women in business for many years and Kerry Dorman, the founder of the Association of Business Mentors and we talked all about that key topic of mentoring. So sit back, enjoy, kick off your 2023 with a focus on mentoring because I know it's going to be a big focus for me this year. Welcome to the latest edition of the Connected Leadership Podcast, where we explore just how professional relationships impact executive success. I'm Andy Lapata. Thank you for joining me. One of the most important ways in which other people can support your career, and of course, you can impact the career of others, is through mentoring. As a leader, it's quite possible that you've had mentors in the past and perhaps you've got one now. You might also be mentoring other people. But are you getting the most from those relationships? And are the people you're interacting with getting the most from them as well? My two guests today are perfectly positioned to shine a spotlight on the world of mentoring and how we can improve those relationships. Vanessa Vallely OBE is the founder and CEO of WeAreTheCity.com, which boasts over 120,000 professional female members in the UK and 40,000 in India, and works with over 120 corporate clients to help them to attract, retrain, retain and develop their female talent. Previously, Vanessa enjoyed a 25-year career in banking, including a number of leadership roles. She's mentored a number of young women over the years, many of whom have gone on to make a major impact in their chosen fields, and she founded the Rising Stars Awards, which celebrates the achievement of the next generation of female leaders. Kerry Dorman was the winner of the 2019-20 People's Mentoring Champion at the National Mentoring Awards, and she founded the Association of Business Mentors, having been operating in the mentoring world since 2006. She trains business mentors and she speaks across the UK to promote the importance of mentoring. So Kerry, I've got to start with your award. What makes you the People's Mentoring Champion? You know, and, and what does that mean to you? Why are you so passionate about mentoring? Well, in a nutshell, Andy, because I could actually go on about it for the rest of the week, it's the, the, what got me started was that 
after I sold my last business, so I've, I've sold, a, 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 I've started and sold a couple of businesses and managed to, to, to bugger up a couple as well. So I've kind of been in the shoes of, of entrepreneurs and, and business owners for quite some time. And on, on the sale of my last successful business, I was asked to be a mentor and realized that all that experience that I had amassed was of huge value to other people who were going to and were doing the same thing that I, I had done. And I just was a bit sorry that I'd never had a mentor myself. And so when I started mentoring, I got obsessed with really helping people to avoid the same mistakes that I had I had made. And, and also, I realized just quite how many people had the same gung-ho attitude that I had. So my motto is give it a go, otherwise you'll never know. But that can be detrimental in some aspects, especially financially. And I just want, I felt I wanted to protect as well as give people that step up. So, so the, that's the reason why I'm so passionate about it. And the reason why the award was just amazing was because... I guess it was the pinnacle of an achievement for me in spreading the word of the benefits of mentoring and how powerful it can be. And that national recognition was just a major, major tick box for me and uh, felt that it just wasn't my my little voice, that there was bigger people and organisations out there that appreciated it. And do you think that the conversation around mentoring has shifted over the last few years and there's more awareness of it? You know, what shifts are you seeing there? Absolutely. There's been a huge shift. So when I first started mentoring in 2006, the, the first paradigm really was this very clear cut fact that mentors had to be in a mental box and coaches had to be in their box and consultants had to be in their box and never the three should ever meet or cross boundaries. But I think what's happened recent, well, definitely over the last 10 years is that those very strict, ridiculous boundaries have been very much watered down and we are able as mentors and coaches to dip into whatever discipline we need to depending on what the mentee needs. But I think the, the government have done quite a lot to promote mentoring. Sometimes it hasn't been great, as in the Get Mentoring initiative, um, but it has heightened the awareness of support and the fact that getting support is not the same as asking for help, which us English are not very good at. I want to come back to, to something you said there in, in a moment, but I, I'd like to bring Vanessa in first. You know, I, I've known you for a number of years, Vanessa, and I also know a lot of the women that you've mentored. Uh, and they have and they continue to constantly impress me. One of them phoned me at seven o'clock last night to just sort of talk about, you know, in such a bubbly way about what, you know, the latest thing that she's, she's achieved. You, you do a lot. Uh, and you 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 have many fingers in many pies. Um, so so how how important has that mentoring element been to you? And, and where does it lie in your your empire, <laughs> Vanessa Vallely empire? Uh, and maybe sort of you know, empire is a pretty big word. <laughs> You're getting there. I think my passion for it kind of stems from the fact I never had a mentor through those twenty five years kind of in my career. 
I was caught in this fear of, you know, I had the big badge in terms of job title. To ask for help would be seen as a failure. You know, surely I've got the big name, right? I should know it all. Not the case at all. So there was, so I think there was that kind of realisation, even when I founded We Are The City in 2012, that often we don't ask for help. Um, and that there is so much help out there and how can I provide a platform to kind of showcase that help? But it was that particular point where I was kind of looking around, I realised how entrenched I'd been in my own career um, and how I'd focused on, you know, we all get trapped in kind of doing the doing and I'm not free of that even at the moment. Um, but, you know, where you get so wound up in trying to do a good job and put in the hours and stuff like that that you forget that you sometimes need nurturing too. But for me as a people leader was that kind of self-awareness and that realisation that I wasn't doing right by the people that work for me because I wasn't ensuring that they had help or letting them know it was all right to ask for help or, you know, someone to give them different perspectives. So, you know, my own disappointment in that thought, well, let's do something not just for them, but on a much larger scale, let's create We Are The City, which today is obviously home to lots of different women. So um, lots of kind of different kind of things. How does it fit in my empire today? I wish I had more time to do it. I take part in various different programs. A couple of years back, we did the Parley Gender, which was um, a mentoring circle kind of concept uh, for individuals working at the House of Parliament. I've run lots of kind of speed mentoring uh, sessions for tech companies. Um, just, and I, I guess it's amazing when you do that as well, because the senior leaders are like, oh my God, we've got all this talent in our organisation, who knew? And I'm like, this is an hour session to bring you all together. You know, it's the, that kind of bit isn't rocket science, but it starts... A conversation so and I think I mean we'll probably come on to it I think kind of watching how mentorship has evolved you know I certainly weren't benefiting from it in 2006 um, I say I was kind of much later in 2012 but also how that's evolved in terms of kind of sponsorship which I'm sure you'll touch on a little bit later anyway Andy. Well yeah I, I'm going to sort of wrap that into the question I wanted to come back to carry on but before we do you know <laughs> keep the suspense going a bit longer um you've both said how your passion for mentoring stemmed from not being mentored enough yourself as you came through um what support are you getting at the moment so Kerry do you want to share you know what you know where are you getting your support from now well luckily I have um I have two different mentors and a another form of uh, support, actually, which is vaguely mentoring, but very much delving down into what I'm actually doing structurally wise with my with with, uh, with, the, with the way I run things, which is very refreshing. So between the three of them, I'm I'm wrapped up. And, and Vanessa, I've got a mixture. I've still got kind of two, and I've got what I would call kind of an accountability partner who plays a different kind of role, who generally just pops me an email when I'm not expecting it, out of the blue, and is like, how's your numbers? What are you doing next? Where are you innovating? And it's like, I get that text. It's like a hot text. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? I know them. Um, so she, you know, and you probably know she is, Andy. So she, um, you know, she's, she's a no-nonsense kind of individual. So I would put her more in the accountability, but I know if I went to her, with a business problem, I could do. I could kind of, you know, she'd be there to help me. The other one is really more someone that I talk to every single month. And again, it was interesting. Obviously, I've launched this kind of big virtual tech conference thing. And when I had that idea, it was a load of post-it notes on my kind of desk. And I was looking at it going, am I nuts? You know, what am I doing? And like, am I fooling myself that this is some magical idea um, that's going to work? 
and I rung actually three of my they don't know they're my mentors. That's the great thing because I've give, if I give them a label, they would think, oh, time, it's a formal relationship, but they are. Um, and I rung all three of them and kind of talked them through it. And, and coming off that conversation, I did actually publicly thank them on Twitter a few weeks back. Coming out of those conversations, I decided to do what I've done and it turned out to be the right decision. So I have a very mixture of what I call a personal boardroom of individuals around me that I can kind of pull on as and, as and when I need. Okay, so, I mean, a couple of things uh, that I want to come back to on that. The first one is that both of you um, have support coming from different directions. And I'm the same. I have two different mastermind groups. I have a formal mentor and I have a number of informal mentors as well. And I think there's a really key point there that, yes, it is good to have a formal mentoring relationship with one person. Uh, and all the benefits of the structure that comes with that and the accountability that comes with that. But there's no one-size-fits-all approach. Um, the other thing that's linked, and this is the, the key question that I wanted to come back to because you both mentioned elements, is, is that, Kerry, you talked about um, coaching and consultancy as well as mentoring. And, Vanessa, you talked about sponsorship. Uh, and I think that very often these terms can be uh, interwoven and confused with each other. I think it took me years to work out the difference between mentoring and coaching. Um, Kerry, it'll be interesting to get your perspective on how you see the differences. Uh, and then maybe, Vanessa, you can come in and, and talk a little bit about um, where, where sponsorship sits yeah. compared to mentoring. So, Kerry, first of all, how do you see the differences between coaching and mentoring particularly, but also consultancy? And how do people um, use the different approaches from one person? From the view of the Association of Business Mentors, we describe mentors as someone who has actually been there and done it and has got the T-shirt scars, the experience and the, to be able to draw upon that firsthand in order to um, help and support coaches and anybody can uh, can be a coach, but they have to have the necessary qualifications because it's a very different technique using questioning skills and um, or, or it's, a, it's, a, it's a process to really be able to empower the person to come to their own decisions and actions and, um, and, and mindset. So the, uh, a consultant from our point of view is someone who rolls up their sleeves and gets on with a project for a client. So we've had this big debate for a very long time and I'm asked this question a lot. And where we, where we're, the stand that we're embracing right now is, it is what we refer to as a CCM, so a coach, consultant, mentor, who is somebody who is very, who can very easily switch into into all three as the situation depends, as long as there is absolute clarity as to why and when different hats are going going on. So as long as the the mentee, coachee, or client knows exactly what to expect and the results that they are going to hopefully enjoy then it's all good and we shouldn't really get too hung up about it so would you recommend for for people who are mentoring on a regular basis that they look at coaching qualifications to, to back up their skill set absolutely yep in, Vanessa, fact, in fact, now, sorry, just to just to go finish yeah. that point, we're seeing the membership applications now at the Association of Business Mentors that that ninety percent of mentors do have already had 
uh, coaching skills, techniques, and, um, and and qualifications to really utilize both their experience and, and questioning skills. It's, it's great, actually. I love it. Excellent. And, and Vanessa, you talked about sponsorship. Um, and, and I think that's something I come across in a corporate setting. Um, I think it's particularly relevant in that space. And it's easy to see how a sponsoring relationship and a mentoring relationship can be confused. Uh, and I think one of the key things is that both parties understand what's on offer. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two there? The easiest way to remember it, um, and I wish I could credit the person that said it, but I picked it up kind of years ago, is a mentor talks to you, a sponsor talks about you. So that's the easiest way to kind of remember it. So I agree that sponsoring relationships can, can become born out of um, mentoring relationships. I don't necessarily agree. This is just a corporate thing. So, for example, I would, cl- I would class some of the things you do for me, Andy, as sponsorship and vice versa, right? It's an individual that's opening a door of opportunity for another individual when they're not in the room. But a relationship where you know enough about the person or they've demonstrated capability so that you're willing to put your integrity on the line. So that whole where companies really do need to shift is the mentoring piece, not to say that it isn't complicated, the dynamics of the relationship and all the stuff that I'm sure we're going to come on to. But that sponsorship piece will absolutely progress women in the workplace, right? And, you know, all genders, because it's having somebody that is willing to throw your name into the hat for an opportunity that you wouldn't have otherwise got is paramount. So some of these sponsorship models that you'll see, so for example, I'll give you one example of what I thought was fantastic sponsorship. It was a gentleman sponsoring a cohort of three women, his choice to have three. Um, so obviously those relationships can get complicated. Um, but what he used to do in terms of his sponsorship, how he got to know the, the women that he was working with, he used to give them examples of his work. Like he would be going off to a meeting and he would have to make an informed choice at that meeting based on a set of papers, non-confidential. He would give that to his cohort and say, okay, if you was going to that meeting, read those papers, what decision would you make between the three of you? They was getting exposure to real life working examples. He got to know them. He got to understand their capability. He got to understand their styles. He made himself that informed about that cohort that he knew which one of them he could put forward for different opportunities. That, to me, is progress, you know? So it's moving away because we can get together and we can chat and we can help each other, which is fine, but actually propelling someone and opening their networks and opening those doors of opportunity sometimes can only be done by those that are already in the room. So that is where I'd like to see the involvement of these mentoring relationships. You know, when they're with senior individuals, it's that question what happens now? Which is why I always say to my mentees, I will mentor you. My next job, I will find you your next mom's mentor, but I will sponsor you for life. So that's kind of, you know, the way that I do it. And I don't mentor someone that's not mentoring someone else. I do have that little rule in there as well. Because you've got I like that rule. I like, I like that. that. I, and I like the, you know, we, we, we've, we've drawn a distinction between mentoring and sponsorship, but clearly the two can sit side by side in the same relationship. Uh, and ideally they would do it's not a prerequisite but it would certainly help if your mentor because your mentor's working closely with you they're in a position to open doors for you but I think it goes back to the point we've made earlier on about before you know when I do my talks I talk about the definition of coach mentor sponsor 
And before it was very much, you know, coaches talk to you. They're bringing the answers, that's what Joe said earlier on, they're bringing the answers out of you, what you already know. And I think you're quite right. There was definite boxes for everyone, or if you was here, you couldn't go over here. But now I think the whole model is kind of getting mixed up. And I think that is definitely the way forward. You know, I know, for example, I'm not a very good coach. Um, and the reason for that is I find it, not I find it hard to listen. I'm too much of a fixer. I'm a, because I've kind of, especially when I have been there, seen it and done it. And I'm a mindful of resources. So I want to throw things at, go and look at this one. Let's talk to that person. Go and read this. I just can't help myself. It's like the verbalization, the verbalization of let's get this sorted. So even when I left corporate, I took a coaching qualification because I thought I'll always have it something to fall back on. And even in the practice, I was completely rubbish. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I found the same. I, I um, you know, I, I've looked at my, my style and thought, you know, how can I enhance this with, with coaching, with coaching techniques? But I can see, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a subject matter mentor. I, yeah. You know, it, it's an expertise-focused mentoring and I can see where someone needs to go very quickly. And I don't want to waste yeah, time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I know coaches will hate me for saying that. I absolutely get it. Um, but the frustration, you can, I know what you need to do. And actually, a lot of the people I work with just want the answers and then, then to be yeah. able to, to put it into practice. They all have a role. And I think you, you've got to look at your own style as well. Let's get into some of the practical stuff then. If you're in a leadership position and would like to review your own professional relationship strategy, you may be interested in booking a 15-minute call with Andy. Please visit andylapata.com forward slash discovery to find out more. Let's talk about when, when you start to feel that mentoring is right for you. Um, you know, at, at what point in someone's career do you feel that people should start thinking about mentoring? If you're a leader, how do you encourage people to take that path? And what do people need to be thinking about and looking out for? Um, Kerry, should we start with you on that? So, so what stage? Right now, whatever stage you're at, just do it, crack on and, uh, and find someone, whether, whether it's a professional mentor uh, or whether it's somebody within your, within your, your circle of, of, of colleagues or, or whatever it may be. There is, there is no better time to engage in mentoring than right now. And I think that as leaders wherever a leader is they should be definitely encouraging men mentoring schemes um, sponsorship um, and just making sure that their employees and their team have every single minuscule bit of opportunity to be happy productive and um, and, and get to the echelons that they that they want to and Vanessa you were agreeing uh, Absolutely. I think there's this kind of thing, I don't know where it's come from, you know, that you have to be of a certain age group or a certain rank in your career to have a mentor. You know, I think regardless of what age you are, I mean, I'm, I'm nearing midlife, right? And I've still got my mentors. If anything, it's when I most needed them is when I didn't do them. And I think back, I took part in Cancer Research's uh, Women of Influence Mentoring Programme, which is an absolute honour to take part in, 30 city women, and we got to mentor scientists. 
at the hospital. And I remember when they asked us to do it, I was like, what on earth can I teach this amazing scientist that's, you know, uh, that's out there trying to cure brain cancer? But actually, with touch points with her, you know, she was running a team. So we had that in common, you know, team management, people management. She was running a budget. So we had that in common and stuff like that. And when I think about, you know, there was lots of different touch points. But, not, but when I look at that entire cohort, you know, all of them were kind of different stages in their career, senior, you know, perhaps, you know, slightly more older, you know, obviously given the nature of what they do and, you know, being scientists and stuff like that. So I don't actually think there should be any limit or any age group, you know, that is kind of, that should be put on the sidelines in terms of mentoring. So, so if you're a leader and you've got a team and you, 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 you spot people that would particularly benefit from mentoring right now, how do you encourage them and how do you guide them on that journey? So, Vanessa, do you want to carry so on with I'm that? working, I've done a couple of, there's one, there's actually two, but there's one particular client that I've been working with for the last year that I've been putting in a cascading mentoring program in their teams. And originally, the, the one of the ways they was going to go about it is get everyone to apply and they would match them, which I don't actually think, you know, is a great idea, right? So my very, my kind of advice to them was very much around, sorry, um, was very much around let's get people in the room and see where their relationships are and where they naturally form. So I think, you know, I think just doing things in kind of, in kind of different ways and just not being too prescriptive with it as well. And, and I, you know, you've both now mentioned organisations taking on that role of helping people find mentors one of the things that I've seen is I talk to you know a lot of the women's networks um, that you know about Vanessa uh, and a lot of clients generally is that many people don't know about the scheme their organization is running Uh, the scheme has has been lying dormant for a while um, and it just doesn't seem fit to purpose for me now now, that's not every organization but I I see that quite regularly Uh, Kerry what's, what's your opinion where have you seen it done well uh, and, and what do you think are the challenges with the way organisations are running mentoring programmes? I see it done well when I'm running the scheme. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I started uh, I started setting up a, a matched matched mentoring schemes in bigger companies about three years ago after I ran the government uh, the government funded um, mentoring version of Growth Accelerator. And it just came about because it was one of those things, people I'd met, right time, right place, one person. In fact, it started, it was, it was quite funny. It started with uh, two partners of a law firm. One thought mentoring was absolutely the way forward, bees, knees, loved it. The other one basically thought it was a load of bollocks. And so we had this wonderful debate, the three of us at this networking event with some lovely cheese and wine. And anyway, I ended up going in to speak to them more formally about their, about what was happening in their in their firm, which was not a lot, and it flourished into this uh, fantastic scheme that is still very alive and very vibrant today. So um, the when corporate schemes are run well, it's because a lot of thought and effort has been put into the matching process, and that is fundamentally key and the other reason uh, that they are successful is because of uh, structure and and monitoring 
And Vanessa, have you seen a lot of the the employee resource groups, the women's networks, the the, the balance networks, yeah. uh, and others take take this this on? I've done a lot for the women's networks around kind of the one day mentor matching. This is how it's done, giving them a model that they can kind of take forward. I don't see any of them, you know, Oracle, for example, you know, they, they've done this. I think we delivered it all over their offices and, you know, it's a model that they've kind of taken on. I've seen it done at Barclays as well. They've done exceptionally well with some of that stuff. So I do think the women's networks have a part to play, but this sits in a bigger part of the kind of, you know, this sits within a much deeper part of the of the business rather than just the women's networks trying to drive it i say i've seen it done exceptionally well by one company i can they're now on their kind of fourth cascade um, of mentoring and it goes back to kind of joe's point around kind of structure absolutely having someone who's good at the kind of administration on the end um, it goes back to the people actually wanting it because sometimes there are individuals that sit in big ivory towers that go let's fix our people, let's get them a mentor. And actually, that person's quite happy, you know, doing their nine to five, not getting promoted. That's how they work. And, that you know, those individuals should be left alone. They don't, they don't need fixing. Um, so I think, you know, it's making sure that the people that want to be in the room, that you've got kind of leaders or mentors that kind of got to that point in their career where they are confident enough, they've got enough experience, they want to give back, you know, because then you've got a willing party. You've got willing parties on both sides. So that, to me makes a lot more sense but I've definitely seen an uptick of companies kind of looking at it and even had one call with the one the other day it's like we don't know where to start and you know how do we train our mentors I know where I'm sending them now um but <laughs> I was like, you know it, it's not actually that difficult to do you know it can go terribly wrong and again it goes around to the structure and things like that and people not actually knowing what they're supposed to be doing or what a good mentoring relationship is supposed to look like. You know, I've had examples of mentors that just sit there and talk about themselves for the best mm. part of an hour. Oh my God, I know. You know, I that and, all the time. You know the dynamics are wrong. There's sometimes a, an issue whereby there's potentially a conflict of interest or there's a lack of trust, you know, because the mentor might be your boss's best mate or something like that. So there are so many parameters that need to be kind of looked at, I think, before that relationship can kind of take place and without wrapping it in bureaucracy, but to have that kind of mentoring contract that says, this is what, this is what I want to achieve. Kind of all of our sessions will be focused around that. You know, I always say to people, I get asked to mentor people a lot and I wish I had the time to do it. But sometimes those requests are very woolly. They're like, I'd like you to be my mentor. And my first question back to them is why me? What have you seen me demonstrate that matches up to a skill that you need to learn. Because if, for example, if you want a mentor that's going to help you with numbers and finance and stuff like that, I'm not the one for you because I hate them and I procrastinate about them, but I can find you someone, you know? And I always kind of say to individuals, please give some thought before you approach a mentor and give it some structure. So much better. So say, for example, Andy, I was approaching you. I would say, I'm going to use public speaking as as an example. Andy, within my role, I've got an opportunity to do more public speaking. This is a skill that I'd really like to hone. I've seen you're an excellent public speaker. You know, every time I watch you speak, I think, oh, I want to be like Andy. There's a bit of flattery in there, right, coming as well. Um, (laughs) I thought you you meant it as well. (laughs) Would you perhaps (laughs) spend half an hour with me over the next three months whilst I hone this skill? The demonstration of, of our success will be that I will feel more confident in presenting this presentation. Because what the mentors heard then you only want an hour and a half of my time. I can give you that. I want to give you that. 
we've got a topic, we've got something that's structured, you know, in three months time, we're going to be done. We're not getting married, right? Because I've not got time to marry everyone, right? So <laughs> you see my point here, you've got, you are much more likely to get the answer yes, if you structure your ask correctly. And, it, and, and that goes, you know, for anything you're asking for, I, I would say the, 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 your job is to make it as easy as possible for people to help you. Yeah, and people want to help you, Andy. It's time. It's It's time. And it's belief sometimes. It's belief that they are able to help you. I think a lot of people will actually turn down invitations to mentor because of their own self-belief. And if the way you've just positioned it, if you can demonstrate this is why you and this is how you can help me, then that helps them with that self-belief. So, you know, you you sort of said a bit of flattery, but actually a bit of flattery can work. And it it goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm waiting. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you, you've touched on a few things there that I wanted to explore. Um, so I'm going to ask Kerry to sort of pick up the bits that maybe Vanessa didn't uh, touch on in terms of two things. One is how do you identify the right mentor for you? And, and, and Vanessa talked about a, a few core elements there, such as their expertise, um, perhaps your relationship with them. Um, and what are the, the other important elements of a mentoring relationship that, that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Fundamentally, it's manner and, and, and character and personality have got to be able to fit with that without a shadow of a doubt. But I think actually Vanessa hit the nail on the head. It's all about, in fact, I, I, I wrote down it's the, the structure of your ask. I love that. I'm going to use that now moving forward. But it, it's being able to articulate exactly what you would like out of the person that you are approaching to to mentor you or if you're starting from scratch literally sort of draw a, a visual picture as to what you would like from your mentor in order to show them in fact I came across a new a new mentor uh, just recently and he does exactly that in their first sort of prep session before their their initial session he has a, a bit of a chat and draws a few pictures and says, is this what you're, is this, does this visual resonate with you? And that allows him to realize that they're, they're both on the same page and to, and to move forward. I've never heard of that before, which I quite like. But it's, um, it is about realizing what the mentor has to offer and if that's going to suit you for your current situation right now. But it doesn't mean to say that after first session or second session that you both realize that it's probably the wrong match and you go back to the drawing board and rematch that happens uh, all the time you know but um and also with one particular mentor one session might be all you need it's not an umbilical cord it's uh, it's all about being dynamic and accessing the huge variety and wonderfulness of everybody's experiences agile mentoring i think that is Agile mentoring, mentoring. yeah. (laughs) Notes being taken. Yeah. Um, Well, let's take that scenario. Let's say that you're the mentee. You identify the person you you feel you want to work with. Let's say Vanessa, take Vanessa's example. Vanessa thinks, I want to work with Andy uh, on public speaking, uh, even though it's not something I mentor on, but we'll we'll work with that one. (laughs) Um, You uh, should. You could. uh, I I could. but let's say Vanessa approaches me, Andy, um, would you mentor me on public speaking? I just want three sessions, half, you know, half an hour from, from each. After the first session or halfway through the first session, her heart sinks. And she thinks, I have made a big mistake here. 
um, this this doesn't work for whatever reason. And his approach to speaking and mind just don't correlate. Um, I thought he was a good guy, but actually I can't stand spending half an hour with him, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, the way you, you positioned it, Kerry, it sounded really easy to say, well, that's not working or, or it's not the right match or let's move on. But if one, if the mentor feels that they're giving real value and the mentee doesn't, how do you manage that? Well, that comes down to the pure skill of the of the mentor. They should be able to pick up on, on it immediately through open, honest, and upfront communication. And the and if they can't if they can't do that, then they shouldn't be mentoring. And then that falls down to the job of someone like me who does the initial training to be able to spot whether someone's uh, able to, to do that or not, which brings me on to my favorite topic, which is the biggest barrier in mentoring is ego. Mm. And unfortunately, I come across it all the time. Vanessa mentioned it just a little bit earlier where there's you know powers at be ticking a box going, yeah, I've, I've done this. In fact, I was talking about, I was talking about this just the, just the other day when, I was talking to a senior manager and he wasn't actually on the mentoring scheme that the company ran, but he said, well, I mentor, I mentor my team all the time. And I said, well, how do you know that it's effective, that you are being effective? And he said, because they bloody get on and do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so you can imagine how that conversation ended. I was like, HR, my secret message to the HR director, he's never coming on the scheme. Um, so it's, um, uh, but the, the, the beauty of, of having a, an outsider manage a scheme inside a firm is you, you provide that buffer. So a mentee feels more comfortable being able to go to you to say, oh my God, this is not working. I'm really sorry, the match has been all wrong. Um, whereas if it's all done completely in-house, then the HR department have to take on that role and it becomes a bit more difficult because of politics. And, and Vanessa, I want to ask you this. Should someone be mentoring people in their own team? No, I mean, I absolutely agree with Kerry. It gets very messy, you know, when it's not when it's done internally. I think the external way is definitely the way to go. I don't think you should mentor people in your own team. I think as a leader of a team... You can have a mentoring style about you, same as you can have a coaching style. So I think there are absolutely skills of modern day leaders, but I wouldn't put anything particularly formal in. If I think about my own team, so it could be perceived as favoritism and things like that, you know, so I wouldn't naturally do it. I wouldn't actually get members of my kind of immediate, if I think back in my corporate days, would I get a member of my immediate leadership team to mentor someone who works for me. I don't think I would do that because there would be that kind of worry about conflict of interest and kind of to my point earlier on. So no, I don't think so. But I definitely think a mentorship style of leadership is important. Yeah, I like that. And, and we, we, we've been talking about mentoring in a particular way and it's often perceived a particular way. And in fact, Kerry, you mentioned it earlier um, when you said people who, I think it was you, Kerry, people who have been on the journey uh, when we talked about the difference between mentoring and coaching. We perceive mentoring as someone with experience mentoring someone without it. And that naturally leads to a perception of people of seniority mentoring those at a more junior level. But of course, there's reverse mentoring as well. Uh, and, and that's, I think, sort of taking more stronger and stronger hold right now. So Kerry, how much 
can can you explain reverse mentoring if people haven't come across the concept and maybe sort of to say where you've seen it happen effectively? Yeah, so it was actually the brainchild of Jack Welsh um, when he realised back in 1997 that his board of directors had absolutely no idea about the younger people coming through, about what they were talking about, about anything to do with the new uh, tech initiatives and so he got the, the 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 younger tech team to mentor the board of directors so that they would be they would understand what the hell was going on at the grassroots level which was integral obviously at that stage because of um, big technical advantages um, not advantages moving moving forwards if you know what I mean in the in the in the tech progress progress thank you thank you and um, so that that then was coined reverse mentoring, and it is it's now a phrase that's bandied around a bit, um, and it's where somebody, well, it's where somebody has experience um, who perhaps are younger um, mentoring somebody who's older, but it doesn't actually have to be that. It's. Um, the reason why I'm not particularly a big fan of the phrase is because it insinuates that somebody of a minority is mentoring somebody of seniority. But actually, that, that in mentoring, it, it, people are equal. It's a, it's a learning alliance. It's a journey that people go on together. It's just the experience that one person has that the other one doesn't. So it's, I don't know, Vanessa, what do you think about that? I, I, I think one of my mentees that I've got at the moment, there's a definitely a bit of reverse mentoring going on there. And I often find I learn as much from my mentees as they kind of learn from me, because they, especially that with the youngsters, because they enable me to look at life through a different generational lens. They give me, they challenge my perspectives, you know, even the way that I think, you've got to bear in mind, my experience is based on a certain point of time um, where things were very, very different in the corporate world. Don't get me wrong, some of those things still exist and they tend to be the horrible stuff, um, you know, but I mean, things are kind of getting better. But, you know, the world of work is changing. And even if a person in my position, I need to understand that too. So sometimes, even when we get into dialect and we're discussing a particular challenge, I mean, when it's something like, I don't know, people issues or conflict resolution or stuff like that, not much has changed about that. Not much will ever change. Two people don't agree and we've got to fix it. Um, so when it's things like that, but different in terms of the way that people work nowadays is a lot different um, to kind of how, how perhaps I worked kind of 15, 20 years ago. So it is really interesting. I'm quite a fan of kind of, and even when I take on my mentors, there's stuff I want to learn from them, you know, and, and I'm not too shy about saying, explain to me what that means. Why do you do that? Or why do you view the world like that? I'm very intrigued about that kind of different different generation keeps me current. I know what Snapchat is. I <laughs> that, that's not that's not current, Vanessa. It's TikTok now. And in fact, I'm, I'm building now. up to a little TikTok dance, Andy. I might share it. I might stalk <laughs> you. By the time this comes out, it will be something else entirely. Oh, I, I love that um, definition of it as a learning alliance. Uh, and, and you know Kerry you you coined the term Vanessa you said that's exactly how your relationships work effectively and it's it, it's not seniority versus minority it's um, I have experiences that I that will benefit you and and that can be at any level and I think that's a really nice way um, to position it so let's finish off just with some top tips 
whatever, because because this is such a wide ranging topic that I don't think we can really do it justice, um, particularly at a practical level uh, in, in this kind of, of conversation. This was really to have more of a an interesting discussion on the topic and maybe uh, unravel a few ideas, which I think we, we we've done. Um, so, Vanessa, I'm going to ask you first. What would your top tips be for mentoring other people? You as the mentor. Hold on. So me as the mentor, what am I giving advice to other mentors? No, no, no. Yeah, if you're, you're giving advice to other mentors. Here's what, if you're mentoring other people, here's what I suggest. I would say if you're going to commit to a mentoring relationship, make time, make sure you've got the bandwidth to do that. There is nothing more damaging than committing to a relationship with somebody and blowing out your one-to-ones or making excuses or not being able to give that individual the time. It can put that individual off asking for mentoring or receiving mentoring for life. So I would say definitely, you know, so there are many different top tips on how to make that effective, but just make sure that your heart is 100% in it and the timing is right for you to be able to give that person 120% because you are the individual that could really give them the confidence to take that next step, whatever that decision may be. Brilliant. Thank you. And Kerry, let's flip it. What would your top tip or tips be for someone being mentored for the mentee? I think that their due diligence needs to be up right up there and don't be afraid to ask some really bold questions and explore explore what that person really really has to to offer and also to make sure that they've got some credentials like being an ABM member for for example (laughs) (laughs) and I I think I've mentioned this on your video actually that my top tip for every single person is just to have a mentor whether it's whether it's a a paid or, or or unpaid in a corporate structure or outside of that you know, it's just really important to ask and to talk. Andy, can I hijack just for a second? Go for it. Go for it. Kerry, do you think it's important to have multiple mentors? Absolutely, yeah. It is uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And you can mix those between formal and informal. They don't all have to be structured relationships. Yeah, in fact, the more, the, the, the bigger the variety, the, the better. I find that the reason I ask is that I think I've always had multiples different people, different skill sets, different backgrounds. Again, that diversity of thought, that diversity of, as I say, backgrounds with those individuals has been really helpful to, for me to deal with kind of different perspectives. So I just wanted to make sure that we, we, we are on the same page, multiple mentors. Yeah. I, so I refer to it as a formula of mentors. So they, like they, 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 wrap, they wrap around. But I just want to also just finish from, the, from a mentee's point of view that it's okay to say enough is enough and also to always, always follow your own gut instinct because the buck stops with you at the end of the day. I think it's a great point to end on. Uh, absolutely, your mentors are there to give you advice. They're not there to make the decisions for you. Uh, thank you both um, for, for joining me on the Connected Leadership Podcast uh, and for your insights. That's been fantastic. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. Yeah. Um, please make sure you subscribe um, and so you don't miss our next episode. We will see you again soon on the Connected Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Connected Leadership Podcast. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and friends, share on social media, and post a review on the podcast channel you use to listen to it. And of course, join us again soon for another interesting interview and great Connected Leadership tips.